This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Will. This is the Space News by SpaceIndustryNews.com. Thank you for checking out the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast in any way possible, the best thing you can do is leave us a star or five stars, depending on if you like us or not, on iTunes or make give us a, a rating on uh, any podcast platform that you find us on. Leave us a comment. All those things really help the pod out. Help us keep doing this. Help me keep doing this. I'm a one-man show. I do this on my own because I love to do it. So that being said, I want to say thank you to all the supporters that we already have. Thank you for all the ratings and thank you for checking out the pod and just downloading it and listening to it. That's a way you can support it too. Just keep just keep listening. So um, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. And you know, because we're successful here, that means that we can bring you cool stuff like today. Elon Musk's SpaceX has won FCC approval to put 7,000 satellites in orbit. 7,000 Starlink internet satellites. So federal regulators are allowing Elon Musk and SpaceX to use an expanded range of wireless airwaves for his plan to deliver cheap, high-speed internet access from space. So Thursday, the FCC paved the way for SpaceX to build its full network of 12,000 satellites intended to blanket the Earth and wireless internet access. The whole freaking planet. And proponents of this say next-generation satellite internet technology could help develop, or developing countries, I'm sorry, and rural areas connect to economic opportunities currently out of reach for them because they lack competitive internet access. I mean, I live in the middle of nowhere, and I know... Uh, five miles up the road, people don't have internet access. So this may be an opportunity for people like them in rural areas. We live in the middle of the forest, by the way. People in you know um, rural areas to get internet, satellite internet, for a relatively cheap price, um, instead of going through a giant ISP who wants to, you know, charge them an arm and a leg for internet access. And this is what SpaceX, Elon Musk. These guys are doing some really cool stuff. Um, so the FCC chairman um, said, I'm excited to see what these services might promise and what these proposed constellations have to offer. Our approach to these applications reflects this commission's fundamental approach to encourage the private sector to invest and to innovate and allow market forces to deliver value to American customers. Uh, SpaceX's Starlink program launched its first 10 satellites in February 
and the FCC gave SpaceX approval the next month for its first 4,400 satellites. The company has an initial goal to deploy 1,600 satellites in the next few years, but it is said that it could take more than six years to complete the full network. So six years from now, really inexpensive satellite internet for the world. Not just you and me. This is all over the place. This is in the middle of nowhere, in the jungle, in the desert. You're going to have internet access. You're going to have access to communications tools. So if you get stranded someplace and you have connection to this internet, I mean, who knows? Uh, it's possible that this could be a life-saving tool as well to use for uh, first responders. So satellite communications have been in use for decades, and but internet access through the technology is slow and expensive, largely because the satellite's responsible for all the data going back and forth to and from the ground orbit at great distances from the Earth. So it increases lag, and SpaceX and its rivals are racing to field a new type of communications network and instead of sending internet traffic to just a handful of satellites in geosynchronous orbit, the companies hope to boost satellite internet speeds by using many cheaper satellites that orbit closer to the Earth. And the FCC also approved hundreds of satellites from three other companies on Thursday, Kepler, Telesat, and Leosat. The pressure to be the first and strongest network is fierce, and last month, Musk reportedly fired a number of Starlink managers over the pace of their work. The race so many companies to build new satellite constellations has many policymakers concerned about proliferating space objects. So it's going to be a lot of stuff in space. You know, um, <clears throat> it could be a global threat to orbital debris for other satellites, for other U.S. military and other military satellites out there, you know, GPS satellites and things like that. Uh, there's more than 500,000 individual pieces of flying space junk right now. And with these little satellites flying around, um, there could be even more things for other things to run into. That's a lot of satellites going up there. So the FCC also sought to weigh in on the issue itself by unveiling a proposal. Uh, it's first such you know, in about a decade that could introduce more rules to the satellite industry designed to limit orbital debris. The proposal considers whether changes to satellite designs are needed, as well as improvements in the way companies dispose of outdated satellites. So these satellites, you know, future satellites um, could have some some way to, to deorbit and burn up uh, so there's no debris. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do. Uh, there might be some sort of... Um, some sort of way for them to dispose of the satellites so there's no more stuff floating around in space for other satellites and other spacecraft ferrying humans out into space to run into. Um, so the FCC commissioner, Jessica Rosenworcel, said, my favorite example is an innocuous little screwdriver that slipped through an astronaut's grasp and has been circling low Earth orbit at up to 21,600 miles per hour for the last 35 years. At these speeds, even a common household item can wreak havoc. So there's a screwdriver someplace in space floating around up there, going 21,600 miles an hour, almost 22,000 miles an hour. Imagine if that you're a, an astronaut doing a spacewalk and that thing flies into you. You're dead. Instant death. So it's a really great opportunity for 
the FCC and other communications uh, companies like SpaceX and, um, you know, these micro satellite developers to combat orbital debris and to bring us into the future of satellite internet. This is SpaceX's Starlink internet satellite, 7,000 of them going up there. So that's the latest from SpaceX and Starlink internet satellites. Um, hopefully, you know, all goes well and we have cheap, sustainable and worldwide internet sooner than later in the next couple of years, to be honest with you, that would be insane. Each one of these satellites is going to weigh 400 kilograms around there. And SpaceX's Falcon 9 low earth orbit payload capacity is 22,800 kilograms. So in theory, uh, you can launch 57 micro satellites at a time. And the orbital network of around 12,000 microsats will require no less than 211 Falcon 9 launches. That is a, or yeah, 211 Falcon 9 launches. That's a lot of launches for these satellites. And hopefully they can make the money back from the launches to keep paying for new satellites, keep, get, keep getting better and better equipment up there. And I think SpaceX has a pretty good idea what they're doing. So I wouldn't uh, put it past them that they already have a amazing plan in place. That last bit of information about the satellites and about the uh, Falconides was brought to you by a user named Deathscope on Reddit. <laughs> Deathscope, thank you very much for your information. Appreciate it. And it's users like you that keep cool space internet news coming through for me to check out and uh, some more information for everybody else to learn about. A few weeks ago, Voyager 2 beamed back the first signals that it may be soon leaving our heliosphere. And that's the, that's the area that the solar wind hits. And in the past few days, they've received, NASA has received, more clues to su suggest that the time has come. Well, it will be coming soon. It's on its way. In October, they saw a spike in the counting rate of particles detected by the High Energy Telescope of Voyager 2's Cosmic Ray Subsystem, or the CRS, the CRS High Energy Telescope detects high energy particles that come from outside our heliosphere. A rapid increase in the number of particles counted over time, that is their, uh, their counting rate, gave us the first hint that we were getting close to the heliosphere's boundary where these interstellar cosmic rays start to sneak in. And the new data that scientists are talking about comes from the Low Energy Telescope, another CRS telescope on both Voyager 1 and 2, and it seems that the counting rate of lower energy particles that typically originate within the heliosphere. The counting rate of these particles declines as they approach the heliosphere and ultimately drops to near zero at that boundary where the particles can escape into interstellar space. So that's good news for the Voyager 2 spacecraft. And on that note, um, you know, it's it's almost out of our heliosphere, and we'll let you know. I'll let you know what's up. Once this happens, once uh, NASA gets more information about this, I'll let you know when Voyager 2 leaves our heliosphere and goes into interstellar space to join its close companion, Voyager 1. Now, on that note, friends and family and other people and the universe, thank you so much for listening to this pod. I appreciate it. You guys are amazing. Remember, if you want to support the pod, go ahead and leave us a rating. That's all I ask for. 
that's it. You know, a couple seconds of your time. It'll probably take you 30 seconds at the most. Leave us a rating. Cool. Thumbs up. Awesome. Stars. Good deal. You guys are great. This is Will from Space News, uh, spaceindustrynews.com. If you want to check out our website, it's being revamped right now to coincide with our pod because we're gonna, I'm going to be focusing more on podding as opposed to um, written articles anymore. So this is an easy way to digest stuff. This podcast is an easy way to digest space news. And I can talk. I love to talk. So here we go. This is what we're doing from now on, just podcasts. Thank you so much, everybody. And I will see you soon.